Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart a devotional written specifically for homeschool moms. If you've read The Unhurried Homeschooler and enjoyed it, I really wanna encourage you to check out the four-hour school day because it's like an expanded version of The Unhurried Homeschooler. You can find all three of those books at Amazon. You can find them at my website, dorendawilson.com, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the two places that I mentioned. I also want to let you know that I have an online mentoring course. And in this budget-friendly mentoring course, I encourage moms to simplify, slow down, and enjoy their homeschool days with confidence and courage. This online mentoring course will include workshops that help moms grasp what unhurried homeschooling looks like during each of their children's developmental stages, along with lists of resources that I've found helpful over the years. The videos can be watched whenever it works for you. The course also includes extra workshops on mom self-care and nurturing your marriage throughout the homeschool years. I really encourage you to check that out. I'll leave a link in the show notes, or you can just go to theunhurriedhomeschooler.thinkific.com. So I thought I'd pop on here today and do sort of a spontaneous episode. I had a podcast episode scheduled for today. Um, Most of you know that I'm moving right now, Um, but it turned out that the audio on that particular episode uh, turned out terrible and we were not able to use it and we weren't able to re-record it. Um, so I thought, well, you know what? This is a good time to reconnect with all of you. I don't usually do podcasts quite this close to the time that they're going to be published, but um, I just wanted to like do an episode where I'm reconnecting with you, kind of giving you a little bit of an update on our move and what's going on with our son. And uh, again, I want to encourage you to use the search bar um, as you're tootling around my website. If you go to the podcast page, there's a search bar at the top of the list of podcasts. So if you have specific topics that you'd like to know if I have talked about, you can just put in a keyword there and all the episodes related to that keyword will come up. It's really, really cool. It's a little bit hard to see, but it is there. It's at the top of the list of uh, episodes on the podcast page at my website, DorendaWilson.com, because I've got over 350 episodes now. And a lot of you reach out to me and say, have you talked about this? Have you talked about that? So uh, I just encourage you to use that because there's so much content there that God has just graciously allowed me to share over the last few years. And I would love for you to be able to benefit from that. I also, um, I'm going to be sharing an update here, but I'm also going to be sharing some encouragement. So, you know, hang in there. I don't usually get super personal on the episodes. I'll talk about things that um, maybe the Lord's been doing in my heart and things like that. But I'm, I'm kind of careful about specifically when our family has been going through some really difficult things. I want to make sure that I am protecting 
uh, the privacy of my grown children, um, but also our privacy. But at the same time, um, I feel like it's so important to be real with all of you to say, look, this is what's going on and this is what it looks like and this is what it is. And I have been able to do that on several occasions and you have sent me emails and said, thank you for telling us, not alluding to something, but actually telling us. So whenever I can do that, I I will do that. But I talked to my husband about how much to share regarding what's going on with our son. And he said, just cautioned me not to share any specifics right now. Um, The plan is that I will um, eventually, but he is going to have an evaluation on Monday. Um, And and what I can tell you is that life is not normal for him right now. It's not normal for any of us. Um, We have a sort of uh, rhythm that we've found because uh, anytime our kids are are sick or are walking through difficulty that's sort of ongoing, um, it's important, I think, to find a rhythm that works. And so we've got this rhythm going and it, it's, it's a little bit strange, um, <laughs> but it works for us right now. And that is just what we have to do. And uh, God has been super gracious. Um, I have spent a lot of time knocking on a lot of different doors and praying and waiting. And we finally got the opportunity to have an evaluation on Monday. And so um, I would appreciate your prayers for us because I am cautiously hopeful that we will get some answers and some great direction. Um, But I also know that often those steps are just a piece of the puzzle. So any of you who've had children who have struggled with different things, um, whether it's learning things or, you know, um, maybe some some mental illness or physical things, uh, you know that it is an ongoing thing. It is an ongoing uh, prayer concern. It's an ongoing adjusting and adapting to what the next day brings, and then you hope that the next step um, in the, that that next puzzle piece is going to really, you know, kind of project you in a better direction. And so that's our prayer. Um, that is our hope. Um, so I would appreciate you praying without knowing all the details at this point. Um, greatly appreciate the, the prayer covering um, because as a mom, I'm I'm nervous and I'm. I am hopeful, um, but I also know that there's probably a lot of work ahead of us. So just a lot. And I know that many of you can relate um, on many different levels. Um, So I appreciate the prayer covering. So thank you for that. I did want to mention some places that I'm going to be speaking. You know, in the past, I've talked about that um, I took a little break from speaking. And I love, 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 love connecting with homeschooling families in real life. But I just really needed to take a break last year. And I did that. And I'm really glad I did. Um, I have actually had to say no to a few this year because I'm trying to not take on too much. Um, and I always run everything by my husband, but and, and also keep enough distance between each of the events that um, I don't get too worn down. But I am super excited because God's timing on all of these seems to have been really, really wonderful. And so when I know that, um, I move forward with, you know, when you know that the Lord is in something, it's so motivating and it's it makes you excited about the thing that you're going to do. So I'm going to just mention the places that I am speaking and a couple of potential places um, that aren't totally um, secured yet. 
So I'm going to be in uh, Colorado at the Czech Refresh Ladies' Day on March 4th. I'm going to be not at the homeschool conference, but at the Refresh Ladies' Day, which I'm super excited about because I'm going to be bringing three sessions uh, there, and they're all uh, interrelated, and they're on rest, rhythm, and ritual. And so I would love for any of you in that area to join us there. I'll be giving you more information later on. I'm also planning to be at... um, Midwest Parent Educators in in Kansas, um, March 31st to April 1st. So that's that's a homeschool conference. And then potentially in Massachusetts, the end of April for a homeschool moms slash ladies event. And then May 25th to the 27th, um, not haven't haven't sealed the deal yet, but it's looking like I may be at Alberta Home Educate um, Home Education Association at their annual convention. So that would be kind of fun to go to Canada. And then in June, from June 9th to the, in June 9th and 10th, I will, I plan to be in, um, at the uh, Home Educators Association of Virginia. So the HEAVE uh, annual homeschool conference. And then lastly, I am going to be um, at the Northern California homeschool convention, July 22nd. So if you are in any of those areas, please uh, stay connected so that you can get hooked up with these conferences or these events and um, and maybe I'll get a chance to meet you. All right. So um, how is the move going? Some of you might be wondering. Um, it's going. Um, it's the most um, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like unusual. It's an unusual move for me. I'm used to like, you know, just going kind of 100%, getting everything packed, doing it a certain way, having a certain date that I need to be out. And, and that's just not what's happening. We've got sort of open-ended because um, although we have um, an offer on our house, you know, it it's not, you know, imminent that we need to get out. So it's wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful. So I'm doing it kind of in a strange way for me, um, but it's working. Um, I I just prayed. I was like, Lord, I don't know. I don't know how to do this in a way that isn't going to completely overwhelm me because the thought of moving was just, oh, we've moved 19 times in 33 years. And I moved a ton as a kid. And as I'm getting older, it's like, oh, do I really have to do this? But God has been so gracious and he just every day, I just say, okay, Lord, what should I do today? And he's directing me and it's so unusual and different and yet it's so him and I have so much peace and I'm not wearing myself out and um, and I've got you know time to fix good dinners and be present for people and be there for our son and so, and babysit my grandkids periodically. So it's been really, really great. And I can't, I can't encourage you enough to just do that in your daily life. Like just bring it before the Lord. Don't have so many things planned out that have to happen that there's no room to say, okay, Lord, I'm laying this at your feet and I'm asking for your wisdom and your direction. And this is why I'm such a fan of um, just a more unhurried approach to life. Um, That does not mean we're not working hard. It does not mean we're not productive. It just means that there's margin in our life, a margin in our life to listen to the Lord. And it's so, so important as we're raising our kids. Um, And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more um, during the, you know, in this time of encouragement um, that's 
that I'm moving into here. Because no matter what our days look like, no matter what season we're in, we are in a spiritual battle. And that can, that can sound intimidating, except for the fact that Jesus has already won. We know that he is the victor. Jesus is the king of heaven and earth. He, he rules and reigns. Yes, he is allowing things um, to go on in our world. But make no mistake, he is the king of the world. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And this is where it takes eyes of faith. Because as we look around at our culture, we say, oh, what's happening here? This is not, I, this feels gross and it looks like Jesus isn't in control. But you know how many times it has looked like that over the course of history? And it was people who understood who Jesus was and that he was the king who moved forward and forged forward in faith and continued to build their families, continued to build the culture. Um, I heard it uh, said this way the other day, you know, the, the, the ship is sinking um, and we're not, we're not interested in repairing the ship. We're gonna build a new ship. That's what we're called to as believers. We're gonna build a new ship and we're gonna build a new culture. And that starts at home with our families. So the thing is, in the day-to-day, in the minutia of everything um, going on every day, it can be super easy to forget and let our guard down that there is a spiritual battle going on, that Jesus has already won the battle. Um, it, it can be easy to become lazy or indifferent. And we really need to understand something. We need to understand that our job at home, that role at home is absolutely essential for the future of our communities and the future of our country and the future of our world. We, we in, in many senses, hold that in our hands. You know, Abraham, uh, obviously God is the one who's ultimately in control, but he has given us an incredible opportunity to participate in the advancement of the kingdom as we do the things he has called us to at home. I hope that makes sense to all of you, but I am telling you right now that every diaper you change and every child that you're nurturing, you are growing people. And in growing people, you are growing a culture. Wrap your head around that for a minute because what's going to happen, although it's hard to see right now as you're um, you know, just trying to get them to take out the garbage or, <laughs> you know, get potty trained or whatever. It is very difficult from where you're sitting right now to understand the amount of impact that each of your children will have on the world because it will be their friends. It will be their spouses. It will be their coworkers. It will be every person that they come into contact with in their life as adults, which they spend most of their time as an adult, we have this little block of time to invest well. And so I want to talk a little bit more about that um, by just sharing that I have been studying Ephesians literally just a few verses at a time. And I was so thrilled because I found a Matthew Henry commentary, a complete commentary, not the concise one, but the complete one on eBay for like $11 with shipping. If you've never seen one of these, 
they're huge. It's it's just an an immense life work that Matthew Henry did in writing this commentary. But oh, the oh my goodness, there is so much there. It is absolutely brimming over with just wonderful theology and beautiful in-depth insights into um, into the scriptures. So I've been thrilled to have this thing. So I, I've been going through Ephesians, and as I read my verses, you know, read a few verses, then I read the um, the study notes in my Bible, which are fairly brief, um, and then I go over to the commentary. And so I want to share with you some some things that I read recently that I'm just I was just like, you know what? I've got to share this with the moms because it's it's so incredibly encouraging. So in Ephesians five and six. Paul gives instructions on the family and how it is to function. Now, let me stop there for just a second. Many believers have either forgotten or were never taught like what this actually looks like. And it is causing all kinds of problems. Um, you know, it can be, I've, I've heard from moms who have said, you know, well, my my kid doesn't want to be homeschooled or, you know, what if some of my kids want to go to school and some of them homeschool? And I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, you know, obviously I pray and, and say, Lord, give me wisdom. But I immediately go back to scripture because that's where God's wisdom is. It, you know, everything we need for life is there. And then we have the Holy Spirit to help us um, implement it and apply it to our, you know, to the specifics of our own life. But it's so clear that parents are responsible for their children. We are responsible to educate them to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so our children do not get to decide who is going to educate them or where they're going to receive their education. That is not, they don't have the authority to do that. See, we have the responsibility as parents before the Lord for all of those decisions. And we cannot have the responsibility without having the authority we talked about this in uh, the podcast on biblical submission. So important to understand, we are going to stand before God. And we do stand before God for these decisions. And so why would we allow our children to make decisions that we are responsible for? It, it, it doesn't make sense. I am not saying that you don't listen to or consider what your kids are saying, um, specifically like teenagers, I feel like they do need to be heard. And I'm not going to, I never shut my kids down, but honestly, none of my kids said, I want to go to public school. Not one of them said that. Now I had one who was just sort of toying with the thought. I could tell she was feeling a little discontent. Um, and I talk about that story in when your child doesn't want to be homeschooled, that, that episode, but she came to her own conclusion. I just listened and I prayed. And, you know, ultimately it would not have been her decision, but I did not immediately say that. I just let her work through it. And she ended up making a list of pros and cons. And she realized that there were way more pros than cons um, when it came to homeschooling. And she decided that was, that just shut the idea down for her. So, um, so it's just, again, we, we want to consider specifically our teens, just we want to at least let them see us processing what they're saying and listening to them so they feel heard. But at the end of the day, they're still called to honor and obey us as their parents. And I know that's not a popular popular thing, but you know, if God, if God 
has given us that responsibility, we need to have the authority to be able to make those decisions. And we can do it in a way that is winsome and loving and all of that towards our kids. Um, But we still, at the end of the day, we're not accountable to our children. We are accountable to God and God alone. Okay, so Paul in Ephesians followed his directives on the family. You know, where he talks about this is the du- this is these are the duties and the, the role of the wife, the duty and the, and the role of the husband, and then he talked about the children. But he followed those directives with encouragement to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, and to put on the whole armor of God, so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, I find it interesting the placement of that. I think he knew that family life is not immune to this ongoing spiritual battle. In fact, it is the place that I believe he targets the most. Because look at the culture. What is being attacked right now? Gender. Biblical roles have been attacked for for decades um, and undermined for decades. The family, the family unit is being attacked. And, And one of the ways that that happens and has for decades is this message that a mom's work at home is somehow inferior to a career, which is absolute and complete hogwash. You know, my daughter works at a, uh, she's 20, she's single. Um, Well, she has a guy in her life, but she's technically single right now in terms of not being married or engaged. But she works at a coffee shop and people ask her all the time, so you're going to go to college? So what do you want to do with your life? She said, you know, she just tells them all, I really want to be a wife and a mom. And they kind of look at her. She goes, and then she says, think about it. What job is more important than growing people, than nurturing children into healthy adults? What job is more important than that? And you should see the looks that she gets, but they can't disagree with her because it's true. So don't forget that, moms. What you're doing matters. I heard this one mom say the other day, all of her kids were really, really, really little. And she never baked cookies with them. And she was telling her husband, like, what mom doesn't bake cookies with her children? And he looked at her and he goes, you're growing children right now. The cookies will come later. And he said, and by the way, you need to straighten up your attitude a little bit. (laughs) Which I just loved. You know, our husband should be able to say that to us and help us course correct and recognize that the work that we are doing Um, that is in front of us, first of all, is God's work. So we get our marching orders from him and we move forward with those marching orders because he knows our kids better than we do. He knows us better than we do. He knows their future better than we do. So he knows the experiences they need to have, the education they need to have. We can't do it all. We need to do what God leads us to do because he's our commanding officer. He's in charge. And again, he knows all. He is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present. We are not. He is God and we are not. So we humble ourselves before him and we ask him for wisdom and we move forward in that wisdom and we stop giving the enemy a foothold. We just quit that. You know, and one of the best ways that that worked for me was to talk to my husband and I would talk to him about things and I would say, I'm feeling so discouraged and, you know, what, what does this matter? And he would just, he would course correct me. We need to allow our husbands to do that. That is their role. And you know what? They can get so good at it. And my husband is really good at it. And I love that about him. And it's one of the things that has kept my sanity, helped me stay the course. Um, You know, people talk about ministry and they look at like this podcast um, that's like had, I don't know, a million and a half downloads, which is just 
crazy to me. I like I just come out here and I share my heart and then I go back in the house and I make dinner and I clean the toilets and I garden and I take care of our son and, you know, homeschool him and babysit our grandkids and love on my husband and support him and what he's doing. Um, I come out here briefly to share things and yet God has taken it and, and multiplied it. And you know what, guys? Listen carefully. I didn't start this until like, I don't know, five or six years ago. Like I, I haven't been doing this forever. I, I didn't do this at all while the kids were growing up. I spent a quarter of a century with my hand to the plow, focused on my husband and my children and our family. And then of course, you know, neighbors and friends and things like that. But my family was the focus. And I just wanted to be faithful and and faithful all the way to the end. And I'm still not done. <laughs> But here I am, and I'm I'm thankful. I'm so grateful that I get to be here, and I'm so grateful that I get to share my heart with you, and I'm so grateful that God continues to give me things to share with you all. Got some great podcast episodes coming up, you guys. Um, activities to do with the kids um, uh, as a countdown to Thanksgiving, countdown to Christmas. Um, we're going to talk about burnout and how to how to basically move into a grace-paced life. We're going to talk about gratitude, about how to deal with loss during the holidays, um, our family's favorite Christmas traditions and movies. I've got all kinds of stuff planned, so I hope you'll tune in and encourage your friends too as well. All right, that was a little little side trip there. But again, Paul knew that family life was not immune to this ongoing spiritual battle. We have to recognize that the enemy wants a foothold in our families, okay? And we have to be on guard. We have to be the gatekeepers. We can't afford to be lazy. We can't afford to be distracted. Um, We have a beautiful, wonderful mission in front of us. All right, so I'm gonna read a little bit about what Matthew Henry had to say about this passage. He said, our enemies strive to prevent our ascent to heaven. That doesn't mean getting into heaven. I think it just means the time we spend with God, you know, putting, keeping the Lord ever before us, right? Um, Our ascent to heaven, um, our enemies strive to deprive us of heavenly blessings and to obstruct our communion with heaven. Okay. So when Jesus came, He gave us this beautiful gift of being able to go into the throne room. Um, What does it say? It says we we go into the throne room and we find great, we go boldly and we find grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. And so the enemy wants to obstruct that. He wants to keep that from happening. He wants to keep us from the heavenly blessings, which is fruitfulness in the Lord. And that comes from obedience, but we are not gonna know what we're supposed to be doing if we're not in the word and we're not praying and we're not keeping the Lord ever before us. So we have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so, um, but the enemy wants to keep us from that. He wants to keep us distracted keep us from coming before the throne. Now, our prayers may not look like they did before we had children, but we do not stop praying. We can pray throughout the day. We maybe get a little bit of quiet prayer time in the morning or before we go to bed, and then we're prayerful throughout the day. Um, and you know what my big temptation has always been throughout the years is worrying instead of praying, finding myself Worrying and fearful and anxious instead of stopping and saying, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. Lord, I bring this before you. We know, I know that you are King of Kings and Lord of Lords and you are sovereign over my life. And you have allowed these circumstances and 
Will you please give me the grace to be obedient to you? Show me what my duties are in these different things that you've called me to. Um, But here's what Matthew Henry goes on to say. They, our enemies, assault us in the things that belong to our souls and labor to deface the heavenly image in our hearts. So I'm reading that as the enemy works to change or skew our view of God. Okay, so we need to be careful not to allow him to do that and to keep an accurate, accurate view of God ever before us. And then he goes on to say, and therefore we have need to be upon our guard against them. We have need of faith in our Christian warfare because we have spiritual enemies to grapple with. Okay, a while back I talked about duties and events and uh, Nancy Wilson is the one who uh, taught me this through one of her um, podcasts She talked about how we have our duties. Those are the things that we know that we are to do each day. Um, You know, we get up, we care for our children, we fix our meals, we do the laundry, all of that. And then there are events. There are things that happen that we have zero control over. And some of those things are events that happen within our home. The baby has a blowout right as we're walking out the door. But she reminds us we have duties when it comes to those events. So when those events happen, we have we have responsibilities in them. We have duties in them. And so when those things happen and and sometimes they're big things and you know maybe our husband gets in a car wreck or um some sort of surprise thing comes along, unpleasant surprise. And we that we don't have control over. Stop and ask the Lord, what are my duties in this particular situation? What have you called me to? What do I need to do? Show me how to glorify you in this. And then we move forward in the things that he leads us to do in those circumstances. So with that in mind, let's remember that our duty as wives and moms, uh, one of them is to take and put on the whole armor of God and then to stand our ground and withstand our enemies. Okay, so Matthew Henry goes on to say, we must withstand And he goes on to explain, we must not yield to the devil's allurements and assaults, but oppose them. So we need to stop and think, what are his allurements and assaults in our daily lives? Well, for me, um, I would say, maybe for most of us, it's um, maybe having a bad attitude, complaining, um, feeling sorry for ourselves because the day did not go the way we planned, um, or our children are being particularly difficult. Um, We need to not yield to that. We, we need to not yield to distractions and fear and worry and because those things can consume us and then we are not attending to our duties at home faithfully. We want to be found faithful. Uh, moms, there is so much joy and so much gratification when our hearts are fully at home and we are fully moving forward in our duties with our families. There's such a good feeling when your head hits the pillow. Yeah, you're exhausted and know everything isn't perfect. In fact, it's messy. And I shared that in one of my other podcasts about faithfulness. Faithfulness is messy. It often doesn't feel good. You know, we're so used to having to, for thing, we want things to feel good that we lose the joy of pure, raw faithfulness. Okay, Matthew Henry goes on to say, Satan is said to stand up against us. If he stands up against us, we must stand against him. Set up and keep up an interest in opposition to the devil. So the enemy, and and here's what I think. I think that as moms, 
Our opposition to the enemy is the fact that we're raising a godly generation. He does not want us to do that. Family has always been his main target. Think about Pharaoh, right? That was the enemy driving Pharaoh to kill, to murder all those babies under two during the time of Moses. And then again, when Jesus, then when Jesus was born, right? Destruction, destruction of families, destruction of little ones. You think about abortion and sex trafficking. He goes after the vulnerable and he is happy, uh, not in such an extreme way as I've mentioned, but he is happy to use us to do that as well. We need to be careful that we are not giving him a foothold, that we are not working with the enemy. We are working in opposition to him. And, you know, what I mean by that is when we shirk our biblical duty to our children, which is to raise them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, we are shirking our God-given duties. And so what does that mean? Okay, it's it. The, our God-given duties are, are not necessarily memorizing scripture all day or singing hymns, you know, when we talk about raising um, our kids and the nurture and admonition of the Lord, although those are good things, and I think they should be part of our lives with our kids. Um, I think a lot of it is about addressing sin faithfully in our kids and in ourselves. And so we're talking about discipline, self-discipline and discipline of our children. Our other duties, of course, involve our husbands honoring him and um, being a, a, a good helpmeet to your husband. And that looks different for every wife. I pray and ask God to help me to be a good helpmeet to my husband, Daryl, because he is uniquely wired and we are one and I am called to be his helpmeet, not someone else's. And so I need to um, sort of adjust myself and my heart to what he needs as a husband. But back to the kids. Okay. So let's think about that. So we're really kind of, I'm focusing on motherhood in all of this. Um, But again, we're addressing sin faithfully in our kids and in ourselves. Um, We're standing firmly in our authority as parents. We're not soggy parents. We are grace-filled parents, but we understand what biblical discipline is. And if you wonder about that, I have episodes on that as well. You can put that uh, keyword in the search bar and find those podcasts. Okay, so we want to stand firmly in our authority as parents while providing an example of the forgiveness and grace of the gospel. It's this it's it's something that happens in harmony and it's very organic and it's very much a spirit thing. We have to be led by the spirit in that because what when one kid does something, it can be outright rebellion towards you and when another kid does it, you know that's not what it is for that kid. Um, and again, we're being careful not to show favoritism, but but you get the idea. Every kid is different and we have to adapt and adjust um, according to the Holy Spirit's lead with each one. But what we want to do is make sure that we are dealing with sin. I heard it really described beautifully one time. Like kids making noise is not sinful. Kids making a mess is not sinful. Um, and so we need to make sure that we are actually addressing the sin in our kids. Now, Now, let me just also add to that. If your kids are making messes when you have told them to be cleaning up and you have given them other instructions or they're doing something you have instructed them not to do, that's what you need to deal with. The mess is not the problem. The mess is their disobedience to you. 
or the problem is their disobedience to you. That's the sin, okay? And so we want to make sure that we are accurately targeting the actual sin in our kids. And sometimes we need our husbands to help us sort of identify that. Um, I've had friends help me identify that. Um, I remember one time when um, we had about four or five little ones, and my friend Jana was over with her little ones, and um, our son Ben, and he won't mind if I tell this story, um, she would tell him to do something and he wouldn't do it. She would say, Ben, um, I think your mom wants you to, you know, this, that, or that. Or Ben, can you pick this up and put it in the toy box? He would smile and ignore her. Well, that is rebellion. That is him disrespecting authority, even though he was only about four years old at the time, maybe three. And so she came to me and she said, I I think you would want to know this. And so she told me and I said, oh yeah, thank you for telling me that. And so we did a little training session. I talked with Ben and I said, hey buddy, when Miss Jana tells you to do something, you need to do it. Because Miss Jana is a trustworthy adult. She's not going to ask him to do anything sinful. And I knew that. And so I said, you need to respect and honor her. And then I left the room and instructed Jana to ask him to do things. And we kept doing this until he got it right. And so those training sessions can just be super, super helpful. And I talk about that in uh, some of my episodes on discipline. But let's move on. So um, Satan is the wicked one and his kingdom is the kingdom of sin. So to stand, I love this, listen to this line, to stand against Satan is to strive against sin. So as we stand up to the enemy within our homes, not allowing him to get a foothold, we are striving against sin and we are actually, um, we're, we're carrying out kingdom work because when when righteousness overcomes sin, that is a gospel moment. That is a Jesus moment. That is a moment of victory, not only on earth, but in the spiritual realm. So do you see the importance of those day-to-day little things that you are doing at home that are actually advancing the kingdom and actually causing, um, you know, bringing glory to God and, and advancing against the enemy So again, are we addressing the sin issues in our household biblically, um, in our marriage, in our children, disciplining them? And again, can I just say a little side note? Discipline does not have to be long and drawn out. It just needs to be consistent and quick as much as possible. Okay, so we put on our armor so that we can uh, withstand in the evil day, in the day of temptation, um, and Matthew Henry says, or of any sore affliction. So you obviously you can tell this guy was like from the 1800s, I believe. So his, his English is a little different than ours, but I love it. Um, so he's basically talking about um, as we practice the daily, we practice daily in the little things that seem unimportant, it prepares us for the bigger things that come down the pike, which they always do. Okay, so we're practicing our faith. Our theology is being worked out of our fingertips at home with our families, okay? So the first thing that Matthew Henry said was we must, we, we, we must, we must withstand. Second thing he says is we must stand our ground. The uh, part of that verse says, and having done all to stand. So Matthew Henry then goes on in reference to that verse, we must resolve by God's grace not to yield to Satan, resist him and he will flee. If we distrust our cause, our leader or our armor, we will give him an advantage. We need to fully trust and fully know that Jesus is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Now, um, this story uh, will be told eventually here on the podcast, but we had a situation this summer 
after our grandson was born and a uh, pediatrician who did not like us. <laughs> I don't, I can't go into the details on this, but all I can tell you is that CPS showed up at our doorstep and threatened to take our grandson away from our kids. And so we're going to tell that story and in detail, but as that was going on and as um, they were going round and round with our son and my husband and threatening to take the baby, um, I took a little break and I was just walking around our backyard and I just put my arms up and I just said, Jesus, you are the Lord of this property. You are the Lord of this, of both of these homes because our daughter and, uh, daughter-in-law and son live in our backyard. God, I proclaim you and I know, I know, Jesus, that you are the king. No matter what these women say, you are the king. You are the king of our lives. You are sovereign over us for whatever reason you have allowed this. But God, would you work on our behalf? Would you please defend us? Would you help us? And when I tell you the story, um, because it's 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 quite involved, um, you will see many, many, many instances throughout the story of how God did just that. But I needed to stop and say, this is not enemy territory. I don't care who is on this property. Um, and, and if they bring the enemy with them, the enemy does not rule here. Jesus is the king of this property. Jesus is the king of the world. But I, I'm going to talk about this property right here and this home and these homes. This is where Jesus dwells. This is where the Holy Spirit is. And these the enemy has no authority here. And so, you know, those are the kinds of prayers we need to be praying over our families. Um, you know, it's just, we need to understand that we are literally in a spiritual battle. The thing we also need to understand is that our armor, and I'm not even gonna get into the armor today, but that armor is divine armor. That is not our strength. It is his strength working through us, okay? So we're nothing. We don't have the strength. We don't have the wherewithal. We don't have what it takes to beat the enemy, but we have Christ and he has already beat the enemy, okay? So with that in mind, he says, um, we need to make sure that we're not distrusting our cause, our leader, or our armor because we don't wanna give the enemy an advantage. And how we do that and position ourselves that in that is to be in the word and prayer daily. And I know that as moms, you're busy and it's a struggle. I'm not throwing a guilt trip on you. All I'm, all I'm saying is quality over quantity, okay? Like I said earlier, we can maybe have a brief time alone with the Lord in the morning. It does not, our prayers and our devotions don't need to look like they used to look before children. But we need to keep praying and we need to keep getting in the word. Maybe you get in the word and you read three or four verses. One stands out to you. You put it on a piece of paper. You tape it to the place over the sink or a place where you spend uh, time or pass by a lot to remind you and to meditate on it throughout the day and to pray it over yourself and your family. So this is about quality, not quantity, but you got to keep doing it. Matthew Henry goes on to say, our present business is to withstand the assaults of the devil and to stand it out. So we need to have perseverance. And then having done all that is incumbent on the good soldiers of Jesus Christ, our warfare will be accomplished and we will finally be victorious. So our battle is not in vain, moms. We have an entire eternity to enjoy the rewards of a battle well fought. Okay, so he said we must withstand, we must stand our ground, and finally we must stand armed. And he goes on to say, and this is here most enlarged upon. So there is an emphasis on this. Here is a Christian in complete armor and the armor is divine. 
It's the armor of God. It's the armor of light, Romans 13, 12, the armor of righteousness, 2 Corinthians 6, 7. You will notice that the armor is both offensive and defensive, okay? The military girdle or belt, the breastplate, the shoes, the shield, the helmet, and the sword. But notice there's nothing for the back. Matthew Henry explains, he says, if we turn our back on the enemy, we are exposed. So it's interesting because he talks about, I'm just gonna take a minute to talk about this because I think this is so important. Um, This is where I really wanted to land with it. It was on truth. Okay, so we notice that the military girdle or belt is a belt of truth, okay? So let's talk about the loins, (laughs) okay? We know just in, in a practical sense, that's a vulnerable area, but it is also the area of fruitfulness, correct? And so how does, how is this, Um, soldier protecting that fruitfulness and that vulnerable area. Well, he's doing it through the truth, the belt of truth. Truth is absolutely essential, okay? The belt of truth protects that vulnerable area, but it also protects fruitfulness, okay? God desires truth. Psalm 51.6 says, Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. So God desires for us to walk in truth. One of the ways that I do that is through confession and complete transparency before the Lord on a daily basis. For example, my prayers of confession are, um, I just say, Lord, um, Forgive my hidden faults, like David prayed in Psalms. Forgive my hidden faults and keep me also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. I also sometimes ask that he would forgive me for sins of omission and sins of commission. So those are things that I've said or done that I shouldn't have or things I um, didn't say or do that I should have, okay? I ask God to show me my own heart because we know that the heart is uh, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Well, God can know it. And God can show me my own heart. And I ask him to show me if there's anything not right, anything that I need to confess. Um, Because a lot of times, honestly, I can't think of a specific thing, but I feel like this type of confession every day is just really important um, to be honest before the Lord because it also requires humility to say, Lord, I recognize that I am a sinner and that I need you um, and, and and I'm thankful for my salvation, I'm thankful that you've saved me. And, um, you know, just understanding that, you know, our spirit needs to be renewed day by day. And, I, you know, that verse that says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Okay, so truth is the strength of our loins. And Matthew Henry said it girds all other pieces of the armor. Um, it And so it not only supports, it not only protects that area, but it also girds all other pieces of the armor. Truth is absolutely essential. Uh, And that's why it's mentioned first. We cannot have the fruits of the spirit, the harvest of righteousness, the blessings that God promises to the righteous, which is what we want for our marriages and our families. We can't have that without truth. We must be truthful before God which means we're vulnerable and raw before him. We, we spill our guts before him. You know, We pour our hearts out before him. But we need to be truthful before God. We need to be truthful before our husbands and our children. We need to be truthful before one another. And we must love the truth and we must seek it 
and we must live truth. And that truth can only be found in Jesus Christ and his word. So in a culture that is screaming all forms of lies and deception, we must be absolutely committed to that truth. And as we live the truth in our homes and communities, we begin to build a new and better culture, a godly culture that glorifies and honors God. But again, this starts at home with us. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to build a new culture starting in our homes. Lord, I pray that every mom here was incredibly encouraged and that you would just just cast a vision for each and every mom as she walks through her days and does the duties and the things in front of her that you have called her to do. Lord, it is an honor and a privilege to be a mom. Abraham Lincoln said, the hand that rocks the cradle um, rules the world. And there's so much truth to that, Lord. We know that you ultimately are the ruler, but you use us and we are part of that plan. So help us to be found faithful in that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks so much for being here, guys. I hope you'll join me for the next two episodes when I'll be talking with Elizabeth Urbanowitz from Foundation Worldview. Our focus is gonna be simple apologetics for four to eight-year-olds and foundational apologetics for eight to 12-year-olds. I hope you'll join us.